0: Welcome to the Debbie Big Board, part of the Rookie Big Board Network. I'm your host, Skip Newton, joined by my co-host, Matt Cooper. Matt, as I understand it, you are in a live Debbie mock draft, so why don't we That's kick right. things off by you talking about where things are at there and perhaps making a pick?
1: Yeah, so I texted you like five minutes ago. I said, hey, I'm, I'm on the clock in this mock draft. Let's do it on the show. So. Uh, it's with Brandon Lejeune at Devi Deep Dive. Shout out to him. He's hosting this mock draft with his dashboard subscribers and asked me to participate. So second round. So I'll just really quick run through the picks that have been made. 101 was Evan Stewart, wide receiver, Texas A&M, although he's in the portal. Uh, 102 was Luther Burden, Missouri, wide receiver. 103, Tett McMillan, Arizona, wide receiver. 104, Zechariah Branch, USC wide receiver. 105, I was on the clock and I took Trevor Etienne, now at Georgia, running back. And at 106, Carson Beck was the first quarterback off the board, Georgia quarterback. 107, Shador Sanders, Colorado quarterback. 108, Carnell Tate at Ohio State, wide receiver. 109, Drew Aller, Penn State quarterback. 110... Quinshawn Judkins, Old Miss running back. 111, JJ McCarthy, Michigan quarterback. I guess we're assuming in this mock that he stays put. Uh, 112, Arch Manning, quarterback from Texas. 201, Jeremiah Smith, the incoming freshman wide receiver, five star at Ohio State. 202, Justice Haynes, Alabama running back. 203, Barryon Brown at Kentucky wide receiver. 204, C.J. Baxter at Texas, running back. 205, Nicholas Singleton, running back, Penn State. So he's fallen a lot in value since the last mock that I did. And 206 was Connor Wegman, Texas A&M quarterback. 207, Jalen Milrow from Alabama, quarterback. So I'm on the clock at 208, and... I'll just real quick say some of the options that are worth considering here. At quarterback, you've got Quinn Ewers, Dante Moore, Malachi Nelson, uh, maybe Jackson Arnold, who we'll talk about later on the podcast. Running back, some guys like Catron Allen, Devin Neal, Omarion Hampton, Damian Martinez. And at wide receiver, uh, guys like Antonio Williams, Jonte Cook, um, could go with some freshman phenoms from this year, like Eugene Wilson or Kevin Concepcion, who we've talked about. Um, And, you know, maybe you could dip into the 2027 class as well with Micah Hudson, who's a five star, not really any tight ends that I would be super interested in at this point. So those are some of my options. And man, I think I got to go with our boy Dante Moore. I think I got to do it. I like
0: it. I I mean, there's
1: still so much up in the air with him, but, I love the landing spot at Oregon. I don't know if that's like officially official, but uh, seems like he's probably going to Oregon and yeah, just love the talent, love the player. So I'm going to go with Dante Moore at two Oh eight. What do you think? Who would you have taken if you were in my shoes? He
0: was, he was one of the names I was thinking. Um, I still believe in Antonio Williams at Clemson. So Mm -hmm when that name popped up amongst the players that were available, that one was, was intriguing to me as well. Um, trying to think at running back, you mentioned the guy from Penn state, um, not Catron, Allen. Catron Allen. Yeah, he mm-hmm. was, he was also intriguing. And then, you know, we, we've professed our, our love for Kevin Concepcion. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think he's one of those players that is going to continue to just skyrocket in value. So you could argue he might be worth that pick. Um, Yeah. I don't know if he'll make it to the next one. So I wouldn't be
1: surprised if he does though. I mean, that's a lot of names I just read off that are like good, solid names that you'd be excited to take. And uh, you know, it's snaking, so it'll come back to me at the three, three Oh five. So not a terribly huge amount of picks between true now and I pick again. So, yeah, we'll see uh, out of the guys that I mentioned being interesting, which of those are left. And even some guys I didn't mention, Ollie Gordon uh, is a really good running back. Raheem Sanders, Branson Robinson, if he can bounce back from his injury. So there, there's a lot of good players still on the board. So, yeah, yeah the, pretty the, fun the one. To- to start getting into this kind of exercise and and see where the landscape is without the 2024 guys.
0: Yeah, I need to do the same. I need to start getting into the next wave of freshmen that are coming in, you know, next fall, so the the 2027 eligible mm-hmm. guys. The the one name you mentioned when you were reading off those that had already been taken that I felt a, a little surprised that he did he lasted as long as he did with CJ Baxter at Texas. I Yeah. did not see him falling. I think I think it was 205.
1: 204. Yeah.
0: It's 204. That that seems late to me. Um the more I watch him, the more I'm really buying in <laughs> to how good CJ Baxter is and I I think he has every opportunity to be the the number one running back in that class. Of course there's a lot yeah, of time. Sure. Looks know, like he was not... the
1: fourth running back off the board in this mock. So I took ETN first. Yeah, uh, I
0: I remember that. I like that. I mean,
1: yeah. That was a so tough that, call for me because I still love Judkins too. And I love Baxter. Uh I'm not a big Singleton guy, but yeah, that was a tough call for me at 105. There were a lot of really, really good players on the board. Um, but I that felt like, man, ETN just looks like a pro. He, he's got really, really electric traits and the landing spot at Georgia. I mean, you got to love that for draft pedigree. So yeah, I, I went with, with ETN and, I don't have any real Debbie share. So it was fun to get a fake share of Trevor. Ah, nice.
0: <laughs> well, that just shows you how <laughs> the landing spots out of the transfer portal can definitely change player value. And ETN's value could not have gone up any more than landing at Georgia. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is just a dream spot. So For sure. Yeah. You, you got to love that, but let's uh, let's talk about, today's show we are going to be discussing debbie players that were noteworthy from the 483 bowl games that have been played so far but first it is draft season everyone we need to get ahead of your league mates with an in-depth and consistently updated rookie rankings supporting dynasty and debbie rankings the 2024 rookie guide and access to the rbb discord where you can get personalized trade draft and roster construction advice the rookie big board is a proven resource that was ahead of everyone else on Justin Jefferson identified Puka Nakua as the best sleeper prospect of 2023 and helped patrons get great fantasy football value on Justin Herbert, Ceedee lamb, Chris Olave, Sam LaPorta, and many more. You can get access to the rookie big board resources for as low as $5 a month or save 15% with an annual subscription. That is cheaper than the amount of money I made in all of my fantasy football leagues this year. Although, not by much (laughs) you don't want to do the (laughs) the amount of time spent and figure (laughs) out the the roi we're not into that it's it's (laughs) all part of the fun but it's like wow that was a lot of work for (laughs) not, not, not a whole lot of money but at least i finished in the black so there you go uh speaking of did you win any fantasy football championships
1: I did not as many as I was hoping for. I made the playoffs in nine out of my thirteen leagues, which I felt pretty good about. But the first round was not kind to me <laughs> at mm-hmm. all. And uh, between, I mean, I think I had one league where Stroud and Herbert went out in the last week of the regular season, and there was no trade, or there was a trade deadline, so I couldn't. Like it was like a top contending roster, and it just tanked me. Had another one where I, I was the three seed. I had just missed the buy. And I, I had Kincaid and Flowers combined for 1.7 in the first round. So just, you know, once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. But I made the playoffs in nine, only ended up taking home one championship, which was a little disappointing. But you win some, you lose some. That's the game we play. So made three championship games, won one championship. Yeah,
0: I I was in nine semifinals in my wow. leagues. and. And only made I made five title games and only won one. Fortunately for me, it was my my by far and away biggest money league. So <coughs> winning that league really covered pretty much all the other stuff. So that that worked out well. the The biggest I think disappointment, other than just you know, there was at least a couple leagues where I was the favorite and things just didn't work out. And that happens. It's fantasy luck mm-hmm. is what it is in the playoffs. But the biggest disappointment was. One of them was a C to C league and it was full IDP. So it's my wow. only IDP That's league intense. and it's campus, it's campus to Canton. Right. I, I, I still don't know how I got talked into that. Actually I do. It was <laughs> got know like
1: thousands of names,
0: right? That. Like it's Brian Chicochis got me in check and I, I just, I'm, I'm competitive and I kind of figured it out. So it's, it's great. Well, I won the college side. So okay. I'm try- so if I win the NFL side I would have won both sides of a campus to can IDP league and I I took second even though I, again I was oh, the favorite I just so close. He had one defensive player that went off for like 40 points. Well it was um Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson. Hutch- yes, Aiden Hutchinson killed me. I guess. And then he and then Devonte Adams decided to all of a sudden be a good wide receiver again. It's like dude, you've done nothing for how many weeks and all of a sudden in the championship game you go off for 37 so it, I couldn't quite recover from from those. But anyway, let's talk about these Debbie Prospects uh, bowl games. Got a few quarterbacks that we threw on the list. And I'm going to rely on you for these first two guys for sure. We're going to talk about Jackson Arnold and Nico Iamaleava. Boy, that's a tough name. Anyway, Arnold and Nico, tell me about their bowl games and what does this potentially mean for them moving forward?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, they both showed some really good things Uh, and they both, you know, showed some warts to work through, I guess, for lack of a better phrase Uh, for Jackson Arnold. Like, I mean, you're talking about a guy that went through for almost 400 yards and was gunslinger, big arm, just showed a lot of talent just when you actually watch the game and not just the box score, he just looked talented. He looked, the ball just explodes out of his hand. He's got good mobility, but he threw three interceptions and he fumbled. So it basically cost this team the game. You got to take better care of the ball. And and I was watching the game and some of them were just boneheaded, you know, and and even some of it was timing stuff is like the guy was open, but he saw it and threw it too late. And by the time he threw it, the safety was able to come over and make the pick kind of thing. So, Stuff that you can coach and work through. If you got somebody in your league that's just box score watching and is like, wow, he had four turnovers. And, you know, I saw enough in there that I'm intrigued by him as a Debbie prospect. And Nico. You no, know, I think just
0: to, oh, sorry, just to pause on Arnold. I think just based on the things that you said, the, those are the parts that actually concern me the least. In, in, you know, in the first real game. And I've yeah. heard this about the, the arm talent. I've heard, you know, it's like, man, this guy can spin it. He looks like he's got, got some abilities playing in your first game. Mistakes are going to happen. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just part of learning. Football Even sitting at the next all level. year. Yeah. 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 Even
1: sitting it, all year behind Dylan, Dylan Gabriel, learning the playbook, you know, still, he's a true freshman in his very first start. On a, in a neutral environment against a top 15 opponent, national stage, everybody's watching. I mean, it, it's a tough spot for a true freshman to be in, and, and I do think he showed some things in the game, even though there were some negatives as well. So, yeah, and I, this, I agree with the point that you're making.
0: And this sets him up going into spring, you know, things that he knows he has to work on. He got that first game out of his way. I, I like that the the opportunity that these bowl games provide because there's so many people in the transfer portal or so many people have opted out because of the NFL draft I yeah I think it's great and and I think I think Arnold is someone that we definitely need to to get excited about moving forward
1: yeah so let me ask you this I mean you got a guy in Jackson Arnold who was a four-star not quite as highly ranked um but he's shown some really, really good upside in this game versus a guy who I just took in this mock draft, Dante Moore, who was a five-star, we were much higher on, and he didn't look as good. How do you weigh that out in in Debbie comparing kind of, I guess, moving away from your priors of, I thought this guy was better versus maybe a guy who's starting to show a little bit more? How far apart are those guys for you, I guess, is what I'm asking. They're not
0: all that far apart. Um, it's really tough for me to to really move a lot of guys, you know, too far ahead in tiers when they haven't played much at all or they've only mm-hmm. played, you know, bits and pieces in their their true freshman season. Now, obviously, we saw more games from Dante Moore and he looked good at times. He struggled at times with some of the same mm-hmm. issues that that obviously Arnold displayed. So I'm I'm OK with that again. True freshman season, because I think it just it gives them something to build going into next year. Now, if let's say, you know, more is the starter and we don't see improvement in those areas, then I start to get concerned whereas if Arnold comes in and
1: mm-hmm. okay,
0: he's he's really looking the part, you know, making making good decisions, good timing, that kind of stuff, then that might might move him ahead, but but right now I I'm so I'm very willing to give freshman a pass, especially a quarterback. I just I think it's 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 a challenging position for, for a lot of these offenses. And and it's a challenging position to, to advance, you know, into the NFL and be a a good player. We see so few NFL, you know, rookies do well that I think you you just need to be patient. And we're not the most patient people, (laughs) us being fantasy community, fantasy, the, the fantasy community. But, you know, if you're playing Debbie, you need to be more patient. And if you're taking quarterbacks, then you, you really got to be patient unless you feel like you can get your your value in a trade You know, once a guy shows promise.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, if you could, depending on the plus, I think from what I saw in that game, if you could flip Dante Moore for Arnold plus, I think that's something I would at least consider doing at this point because I don't think they're that far apart as much as I love Dante Moore and... Yeah, I mean, Arnold's the full-time starter next year. Moore might not be. Right. So, in, in that sense, if that happens, Moore is going to drop in rankings, and Arnold is is probably going to rise next year. And so, it could be a situation where you, you make a profit. Because right now, I just took Dante Moore in that mock draft. Jackson Arnold hasn't gone yet. So, I mean, there there could still be a plus that you could get, but... Anyway, moving on, the other freshman quarterback that got a chance to start in a bowl game was uh, Nico. (laughs) We'll just call him Nico. So uh, the positive, he had three rushing touchdowns, looked really mobile. We love a dual-threat quarterback. The negative, he only had 151 passing yards, and they only let him throw 19 passing attempts. So it was a really run-heavy offense. He had 15 carries compared to his 19 passing attempts. And, yeah, I mean, it was a tough Iowa defense, low-scoring game as all of Iowa's games tend to be. He got a win, which that's always nice. You get a a blowout win in your first game as a starter, 35 to nothing. And we love the rushing upside, four total touchdowns. So I think there was enough to get excited about. With Nico, we would have liked to have seen more as a passer, but there's enough to get excited about there. What do you think, Skip?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, again, one of the the high rated quarterbacks coming in, you know, first opportunity showed enough promise against what is a very good defense, despite the 35 points allowed. I Iowa, was stingy and it's, it's not easy to score points. So right. We, we, we like Nico and the opportunity that he's going to have next season. So I, I have no problem with, again, people, you know, starting to, to feel like his values going up a little bit and, and let's, let's see what happens. I think that's a, that's a good call. A couple of other quarterbacks, uh, opponents as it were, uh, Monday night, Michael Penix Jr. and Quinn Ewers. Now we don't know where these guys are going to be next year necessarily, but, Want to talk about them. You know, I'm assuming that our listeners are smart enough to understand that certain people in the football world that would compare Michael Penix Jr. to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to Michael Vick, to Michael Vick <laughs> clearly have never watched Penix's play style. Um, yes. They both throw left-handed. So there's that. Um, if if you aren't aware, he is not the rushing quarterback cheat code that <laughs> he's probably Michael
1: the Vic least was. mobile quarterback in this draft class.
0: However, he he probably has a more accurate arm, in my opinion. So there there's there's some definite arm talent. I think the concerns that we've expressed before would be a little bit the the age, but but not so much that. But the injury history and there's a reason why he doesn't move much and he's had shoulder issues as well. So I know Matt Hicks has been very vocal about where he, he thinks he could really drop in the NFL draft because of those injuries that there'll be teams that will get into his injury history and say, he's undraftable for us. So I know it only takes one, but, but that is the concern. I, I don't see him as a first round pick when, when April rolls around, but, he, he's worth talking about
1: because you know he he's looking good. He's looking good on the national stage. Yeah, because he looks like a first-round pick, right? If it wasn't for the age and the injury history, he probably would be putting up this kind of performance in a playoff game after the season that he's had, Heisman finalist. He looks really good. He, there's a lot of NFL traits there, and you know, I'm really curious how it all shakes out because actually if you look at most mock drafts these days, I think the vast majority of them have him as a first-round pick. So... You know, if that happens, like if I have Penix, I'm holding him because that's very much in the realm of possibility. But I'm not necessarily actively going out and buying him because it's also a very real possibility that he ends up being a third round pick, which, you know, you're kind of dead in the water at that point. So I think if I've got shares, I'm holding them. I'm not looking to actively acquire. I'm not looking to sell either really at this point. I mean, sure, depending on the offer, I'll sell anybody for the right price, but I'm not, I'm not like, let me get out as soon as I possibly can. You know, so I, I think I'm just kind of, I'm I'm taking a wait and see approach at this point with Penix.
0: Yeah. If, if I got an offer where I feel like the trade partner was valuing him as a first round pick right now, then I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to take the deal. I will.
1: Yeah. I, if fair. I'm going to
0: get that kind of value. Absolutely. If it's, like he went in the third round type value. So now you're talking in a super flex rookie draft, you know, non-Devi. I mean, maybe late second round, early third, you know, depending on the league, but you know, then it's, you know, then you're right. I I'm, I'm waiting on him. Quint Ewers is one of those guys that boy, when I watch him sometimes I see the talent and I'm like, God, this guy just, He gets rid of the ball quickly where it doesn't look like he's going to get rid of the ball and all of a sudden it's gone. But then I see other things where it doesn't seem like his mechanics are, are ideal yet. Um, I heard someone else talk about the footwork and sometimes it doesn't look like he's, he's using his, his lower body, the way that you want to see quarterbacks use it. And I have not broken it down that much, but where are you at with yours? Do you, do you think he's going to declare or do you think, he's going to come back. I don't, I don't think an official
1: words come out either way. Yeah, no, he hasn't made a decision officially. Um, and I'm curious. I I think most of what I've seen over the last month or so seems to indicate that he's probably coming back. Um, which if he does, it's going to add all kinds of, there's going to be a ripple effect, right? Like, okay, if he comes back, what does Arch Manning do? Um, we've already seen, um, Malik Murphy transfer out. So <clears throat> it's supposedly, you know, Arch, I'm sure assumed this is his job next year, but if Ewers comes back, he he might transfer. So it's, it's just going to be interesting uh, to see what happens with everything. I'm not a huge Quinn Ewers guy. I mean, I, in that mock, I read his name off. So he's someone that was still on the board. They're assuming that he, that he doesn't go pro that he does come back. And so he was in this Debbie mock draft and I didn't take him. I took Dante Moore. Um, I was actually kind of tempted by Quinn Ewers just because he would hit your NFL team way, way, way sooner. But I, just, I don't know what the upside is. Like he's not a, he's not a dual threat. Doesn't really pose much rushing upside. So you're hoping that he's this like 300 yard, three touchdown guy. And he's barely been able to do that in college with a loaded roster. So I don't know. I just don't see what the upside is at the next level really. And he's got, questionable mechanics, questionable decision-making. Um, So, yeah, Quinn Ewers is just not a Debbie asset that I've been high on for a while, and I'm going to continue to not be high on him. Yep, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, sticking
0: with Texas, you know, we put Cedric Baxter and, and Jaden Blue on the on the list. Baxter, we already covered, top, top Debbie running back. Jaden Blue, interesting because he hasn't done a whole lot despite the the high pedigree when he came out of high school the high rating but showed some some nice plays against Washington and just all around right i mean he's making yards with his legs he's making yards with receiving he's making yards kickoff returns so do we think he's going to enter the portal and look for a spot where he could be the focus of an offense
1: yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. I mean, I could see it being a fifty, fifty or sixty forty kind of situation with Baxter and Blue next year, depending on what happens with, you know, any incoming freshman or if Jonathan Brooks comes back, who we don't know where he's going to be at with his injury. But I just think he's shown some real flashes here late in the year, not just in this Washington game either. I mean, against Texas Tech. He had ten carries for one hundred and twenty one yards and a touchdown. Uh, He had some really good moments against Oklahoma state, uh, particularly as a receiver had three catches, 38 yards and a touchdown against Oklahoma state four catches, 45 yards against Washington. Uh, So he's, he's showing his ability to catch passes, which is huge. He just makes people miss. He's got incredible, incredible juice traits that frankly, I don't see in a lot of this 2024 running back class, right? Like, Most of the 2024 running back classes, I've been getting into it and studying, it's like, man, these guys are just average. They're not, they're gonna get what's blocked for them. And then I watch Jaden Blue play and I'm like, wow, he is electric. So I think there's good upside here. It's taken him a while to get on the field. It took a Jonathan Brooks injury to get on the field, but he's a playmaker. And I'm I'm really intrigued because I think you could get him for pretty cheap right now. And depending on what happens, if he does transfer, where he lands, all that kind of stuff. I could see him being a name that is a factor in in his draft class in 2025. So yeah, I'm, I'm interested in seeing if I can acquire some Jaden blue shares for cheap.
0: Yeah. Somebody who has a a couple of shares of him across my Debbie and, and C2C leagues, it's nice to see him finally showing something. And I know, you know, he wasn't going to get any opportunity, you know, his freshman season sitting behind Bijan and Mm -hmm. Roshan, uh, Roshan, but I was a little concerned, you know, at the beginning of this season when it's like, okay, he's still not seeing the field, but, but things are starting to pick up. Right. So I like that. Not only is he getting the opportunity, but he's making, making Mm -hmm. some, some plays with it. So that's, that's definitely encouraging. You talked about the week 2024 running back class and it got weaker when Devin Neal decided to go back to school. This really surprised me because like you said, it's a weaker class. So Neil had to be positioned to be one of the best running backs in the class would have been top
1: three for me. I think.
0: Yeah. And it's like, man, what do you like? I mean, I I get it. Right. I mean, you, you, there's other factors, but man, if you want to play in the NFL and you're projected to be a top five in your, in your position, that's an interesting choice.
1: Fantasy players are projecting him to be top five at the position. We don't know what NFL scouts were saying about him uh, because are i you I, suggesting you know, I'm, that
0: fantasy players aren't NFL scouts.
1: <laughs> you know, <laughs> believe it or not, some of us like to think that we are, but uh, or that we should be. But no, I, I mean, I think Devin Neal, you know, that he was going through the process of getting feedback from the NFL uh, and deciding whether to declare or not. And I think you have to assume that he didn't like the feedback that he got. He's a little on the smaller side, but I mean, not. We've seen a bunch of smaller guys succeed in recent years. He's got great explosiveness, good receiving skill set. So I, mean, I really liked Devin Neal. I would have had him as a top three running back in this class, but I just wonder if he if he was told by NFL scouts that he was going to be a day three pick, and that's why he's going back to school. And if that's the case, I, I hope that he can change that. Cause he doesn't look like a day three pick to me. So by coming back for another year, can he change people's opinions of him? I thought it was interesting that he decided to come back to Kansas instead of transferring. Um, so I hope he explodes. I hope he has a fantastic senior season. I would love to be really excited about him coming into next year, but I'm afraid he, he got a day three ev- eval. That's, that's what yeah, I'm afraid of. It's pro- probably what happened. All right, last last
0: guy before mm-hmm. we, we get to a couple wide receivers. Again, with that 2024 running back class, Blake Corum, who I'm assuming is going to be in the class. I think he's out of eligibility, but these days, you, you never know. Where do you have him? Is he in your top three running backs of this class?
1: You know, I still have a lot of guys left to study. Um, obviously, as a Debbie player, I've been watching – most of these guys for years, but when they become rookies, I still go through the whole, you know, a lot more film becomes available at this point uh, than what we've had access to previously. So now I'm going to have a ton of all 22 to dig in on all these guys and really make my rankings and my grades as things stand right now. He probably would be at least in my top five, if not my top three. Like I I really love Bucky Irving. If Trayvon Henderson comes out, he's my RB one um Trey Benson is going to be a factor. I don't love Trey Benson, but I don't hate Trey Benson either. Um Blake Corum, I like him. I think right now, put a gun to my head having not finished my study, I would say he's probably my RB3 right now behind Henderson and Irving. But yeah, I like Corum. I, I think he kind of profiles to me like a David Montgomery type, like he's not exciting but he's going to get the job done and the coaches are going to love him because he's great in pass protection. And he always hits the hole exactly how he's supposed to hit it. And he finishes his runs with toughness. And I I think NFL teams and coaches are going to love the guy. I just don't think he's got a ton of upside. Yeah,
0: I think you're right. I think the bottom line is he's a good football player and he will find a way to get on the field because he does some of the little things that, that you need to do to impress coaches and, and earn time. And, there are definitely talented running backs in the NFL that don't get on the field because they can't do those things. Um, Ty Chandler, uh, Minnesota Vikings is not really good at picking up blitzes. And so that makes it really difficult for him to be effective on third down. He just, he's too much of a liability. So he needs to learn that. So that's just one example. Mm-hmm. All right. We will discuss a couple of wide receivers in just a minute. But first, I want to make sure you know that the rookie big board is now partnered with underdog fantasy football. This is the best app for fantasy contests. They are running 2023 NFL playoff contests as well as daily contests for the NBA, NHL, and more. You can join the RBB crew on Underdog by using the promo code RBB. It will get you a 100% match on your first deposit and help us grow. All right, just a couple guys quick, and we've talked about them before, but they looked great. Um, One of them really excites me, Barry and Brown. I I miss the game, but I've heard enough from people, including yourself, to where I'm like, okay, finally, is this a sign of things to come for our guy, Barry Brown?
1: Yeah, he had a monster game. And I think the one concerning element for me is that the volume was still not there. Uh, I think he had four catches. And so he had um, over 200-something all-purpose yard. So he returned a kick for a touchdown. He had a rushing touchdown and he had a receiving touchdown. Um, so he just showed like when he has the ball in his hands, he is an absolute weapon. And it was encouraging that Kentucky in this game was finding ways to get the ball in his hands. Um, and I hope that's a trend moving into next year. Cause he had a couple of different rushing attempts as well as the four catches. But 60 yards and 60 of his receiving yards and his receiving touchdown came in one play and it was a broken play. He was like 30 yards open. The coverage was just, it was, it was a broken coverage. So that's the one part that gives me pause is that if you take away that broken coverage, 60 yard touchdown, it's another day of like three catches for 23 yards or something like that, you know, which was pretty much his whole season. So, that's the concerning part for me is that he still just did not show a ton as a true wide receiver, but nice yeah, that not- he gave us something to get excited about going into the off season, For sure. Right. The explosiveness is
0: exciting. The lack of talent of targets is not that's, mm-hmm. that's the concern. And we need to see that change next season. Uh, Ted McMillan does not suffer from a lack of targets. That guy right. is a monster and is definitely putting himself in at least the conversation for wide receiver one in 2025. Yeah. And I don't know what more there is to say. We've talked about how great this guy is and he continues to, to perform at a high level. What, what, yeah. do you, what are you, what do you I got mean, I on? Just, McMillan? I, I
1: feel like we had to mention him here because we're talking about Debbie players in bowl games and he crushed it. Uh, he absolutely crushed it against Oklahoma against uh, a tough opponent with, you know, a Brett, Brent Venable's defense and on a, on a big national stage top top 15 opponent. And he went out there and he had, uh, I believe it was 10 catches for 160 yards. So yeah, that's, that's a monster game. I didn't get any touchdowns, but that's actually abnormal for him. He gets a touchdown basically every time he goes out on the field. So yeah, guys, a beast showed it again. I think in some ways doesn't get enough credit. Doesn't get talked about enough. And um, he went top three in this Debbie mock. I think he's deserving of that. And there's a guy that I'm really, really excited about for Debbie purposes. Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. Did you have one final thing on Luther burden?
1: Yeah. I just wonder, like, do we, do we care that he had a, basically a no show against Ohio state in their bowl game. I mean, he had three catches, I believe it was 30 something yards and he actually did get in the end zone, but Compared to what we've come to expect from him the rest of the year, that's a pretty pedestrian performance on a big stage against a good defense. Do we care? Uh, no, I don't. And apparently, everybody no
0: showed in that game. So <laughs>
1: that's true. That's true. It was super <laughs> I mean, low score. It was ugly. I I had to turn it off at one point. Um, yeah, Missouri's quarterback uh, Cook didn't didn't play particularly well either, but. Yeah, just thought it was worth noting that, you know, as far as Debbie players that played in bowl games, he was one of them. He just didn't play particularly well. So, um,
0: but he's shown it
1: enough times against enough good teams this year. I don't think we need to react to
0: it. Absolutely. And we were hoping for something exciting from Ohio State. Devin Brown got his opportunity, then gets hurt. So that was a, Mm a big time bummer. Carnell Tate nothing the rest of the offense, nothing. So that was, that was disappointing. Disappointing. Um, Julian Fleming transferred to Penn state. I just read today. So he's picked Penn state Mm -hmm. and Will Shipley has officially declared for the NFL draft. So breaking news right here on the Debbie big board. Good for him. Another RB. There you go. 2024 class trying to, trying to resuscitate itself apparently. So Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you have not already, do us a favor and leave a five-star review on whichever podcast app you are using. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss any of the RBB action. Matt and I will be back next week. Enjoy the national title game. Take care, everyone.